Hello, and welcome back to the third episode of Desi Girl Issues. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the unfortunate past of India and the injustices done by the British and how they are still translated into modern time. Don't get us wrong, we love Europe and Britain now. The ancient buildings, the history, the accent, all very nice things. What we don't like is how most of it was built on the suffering of not only my ancestors, but many, many people's ancestors. You may know that the British East India Company, and by extension Britain, occupied India from 1858 to 1947 when India declared independence. However, India's independence was not declared before our people were pillaged, raped, and torn apart. People were divided and priceless artifacts were stolen. One such example of this is the Kohinoor diamond. This diamond is now hosted as a part of the crown jewels. As you may know, London is the home of the crown jewels, which are also a symbol of the crown's power. In the room where they host the crown jewels, they also host the spoils of war. One of these being the Kohinoor diamond. This diamond was revered by Lord Krishna, one of the Hindu deities, and represented a lot for India. According to the Smithsonian, after Ranjit Singh's death in 1839, the Punjab throne passed between four different rulers over four years. End of the violent period, the only person left in line for the throne was a young boy, Dilip Singh, and his mother, Rani Jindan. In 1849, after imprisoning Jindan, the British forced Dilip to sign a legal document amending the Treaty of Lahore, which was a peace treaty that ended the First Anglo-Sikh War. They also required him to give away the Kohinoor diamond and his claim to sovereignty. According to the Smithsonian, after Ranjit Singh's death in 1839, the Punjab throne passed between four different rulers over four years. At the end of the violent period, the only people left in line for the throne was the young boy, Dilip Singh, and his mother, Rani Chindan. In 1849, after imprisoning Chindan, the British forced Dilip to sign a legal document amending the Treaty of Lahore, which was a peace treaty that ended the First Anglo-Sikh War. They also required him to give away the Kohinoor diamond and his claim to sovereignty. They forced this 10-year-old boy to give away not only his throne, but also a symbol of power to save his mother. Now Kohinoor is hosted in a crown, locked away in the Tower of London, with a placard that says, and get this, presented to the queen presented to the queen presented as if Dilip had the power to be like um actually i think i am gonna give this to your queen as a gift definitely not because my mother and my own life are on the line and if i don't give you everything i own i'll be killed this jewel bolstered with lots of myth and value was stolen away from us and the bloody history behind it the wars the betrayals and the poor 10 year old boy and his mother all these things were simply ignored by the phrase presented to the queen the british not only stole individuality they showed off the spoils of taking our pride and shrugged off their violent involvement with four simple words. They never failed to demean our history. You ready for some more demeaning history? Can we just talk about how the national food of the United Kingdom is tikka masala? 
As we all know from our history lessons, Britain ruled India for about 200 years, a period that was marred with extreme poverty and famine. Sales of British textiles to India helped boost the British economy, and at the same time, Britain imported Indian products such as cotton, tea, wheat, and rice. They got a out of the deal. Economy boosts, more people to work for them, more power, more trade, etc. This, however, was not enough for them. In claiming India as a colony, Great Britain also wanted to assert its dominance by using their supposedly better culture as a way to rationalize all the things they were doing to the Indian population. They thought of themselves like the social superiors of India. Anyone get the Darwin reference? To them, they were like our big bro- Just teaching us the ways of the world and getting us caught up to modern times to make sure we don't turn into savages. Indians were never given due credit for their previous resources like gold and spices, which all went to feed the people of the British Empire in the end. Not only did Britain come onto our land, steal our goods, and massacre our people, they also split apart generations of communities and pitted Indians against Indians. They militarized India and created their own Indian military. Working for the military was a good job then. The pay was good, the benefits were great, but the main thing the biggest reason people liked working for British was the power. If you fell in line and did good work, you would be revered by other British supporting Indians. This power and promise of wealth went to a lot of Indian heads and they westernized themselves to fit in. Lots of issues arose from this like colorism, which we talked about in a previous episode and we will talk about in upcoming episodes and the need to push down other classes of Indians. Britain also deemed everything they took as their own creations. India never got the credit for it. An example of this is the Hindu spirituality. Not all Indians are Hindu, but there's a major population of Hindus in India, so we're going to touch on that here. Many people love to spiritually heal and help themselves, and that's totally fine. In fact, we actually encourage it. India and the Hindu culture have lots of things that benefit the human system. Turmeric, which helps indigestion, acne, and so much more has been used for decades in India. Sandalwood, saffron, chai, all these things have been passed down in our culture. We get that people want to feel better, so we encourage people to get these things and try them out for themselves. What we don't encourage is making a business out of this. Especially if you're not Indian. Religious symbols have also been misappropriated. Yoga, which is a very important part of Hindu spirituality, is one of these. Yoga was a way for people to show their devotion to the gods, along with prayer, living humbly, and devoting your life to God. All of these are different worship in the Hindu culture, which you can see written in the Vedas, a holy book of the Hindu religion. And again, again, don't get us wrong, we're not saying don't do yoga. You actually should. It's a fun way of stretching, exercising, and becoming more open. What we are saying is don't make a brand out of it. Don't sell yoga as something that has to be done in tight clothes to accentuate your curves. Don't brand yoga. Don't monopolize yoga. Don't profit off of yoga. Enjoy yoga. Don't take it for granted. It hurts us, the Indian people, when we see the gentrification of our religious practices. Along with yoga, there's the Om tattoo. If you look out into a crowd of non-Indian hippies, I'm sure you could see hundreds of Om tattoos. It originates from Hindu religion. It refers to our Amen or our soul. It is in the Vedas and the Upanishads, both religious texts. 
We're simply saying don't use yoga, turmeric, and our religious symbols as a trend. Don't use them as a way to get likes on Instagram. Don't use them as a way to build a brand. And especially don't use them as a way to brag to your friends about how quote-unquote spiritual or indie you are. Overall, we can see how Britain not only stole significant parts of Indian culture, but they used them to profit their economy. As much as we are all for the spread of culture and inclusivity, it does not mean that you should capitalize on your old traditions that aren't your own and discredit where you got them from. Lots of fun things talked about in this week's episode. We just want to say thank you for listening to this week's episode of Daisy Girl Issues. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Daisy Girl Issues, no spaces, no capitals, and always remember to feel comfortable in your own skin. That's it for us. This is KNV signing off.